There's a meme circulating the internet that reads, $12 billion more for Ukraine on top of $100 billion, while Jackson, Mississippi has yet to receive any funding to fix their water infrastructure. And I'm here to tell you, that's a crock of shit. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. People, 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 welcome to another episode of Ayana Explains It All. How's everyone doing tonight, today? When am I recording this? It is a Monday night here, and I am late recording this because my schedule is just off. Some weeks it bees like that, honey. So um, I'm recording this, and I'm going to be posting it a little bit tardy. But that's what happens when you are a one-woman operation for everything. Not everything is going to get done in, a, in the most timely manner, of course. But it'll get done. I mean, I'll, I'll get to it. Everything will get finished. That's for sure. I don't like to leave unfinished business, honey. But uh, my podcast, Ayana Explains It All, is available on 12 different streaming platforms, including YouTube. You can also reach me through email at ayanaexplainsitall at gmail.com. Find me on iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor FM, my flagship, Spotify, and a bunch of other places. You can put me on while you're driving to work or or when you're doing house chores, you can just turn on um, on one of the streaming channels on your TV. Amazon Music is on there. Spotify is on there. iHeart is on there. Turn on Ayana Explains It All. I still get geeked when I say, hey, Alexa. I have to say it quietly because she's around. Turn on Ayana Explains It All. And then the podcast pops up and there I am. I still get geeked over that. But um, yeah, so look me up. Leave me some uh, rates, reviews, five stars. We love five stars around here. But if you can only give one, I appreciate it. At least that lets me know that you listened, you tried it, and you didn't like it. (laughs) On this podcast, Ayana Explains It All, I do spend a lot of time correcting things like the meme that I talked about in the intro. When I saw that posted, I was just like, oh my God, people really just, it's easy to get people fired up when you bring up how much the United States spends abroad, right? Like the United States has been spending money abroad for hundreds of years, right? This isn't anything that's new to us. We came, we started from people who came from abroad. And we send money, we send troops, we send goods, we send services. I mean, this is what we do. But at home, we also spend at home, too. We spend trillions of dollars at home. We spend billions and trillions abroad. And right now, Ukraine is battling Russia. And they have been for quite a, quite a while. And this is this um, February 2022 is when the United States really got involved in helping to send arms and and uh, funds to help it fight the war. And that has made people upset. I mean, I'm not upset about it because I know what war is. Um, I mean, I lived through the, the first Gulf War. I was a little girl. So I know how expensive 
war can be. Live through the war in Afghanistan, the second war in Iraq. I know how expensive it can be. And I know the toll that it can take on people. And so I'm not upset when the United States wants to help an ally through um, a difficult situation. It doesn't upset me at all. Um, the only people who are upset are people who do not read because they think that for some reason, this country that we call, you know, great, we call America great, the great nation of the United States. It's so great. It's big. It's vast. It's whatever. But we don't believe this great nation of ours can support allies abroad and also support the citizens of its own country here. If you believe this country is great, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't think the United States is capable of anything, but if you believe it is great, then you could believe that it can help abroad and help at home. And um, so this meme that I saw about Jackson, Mississippi in the Ukraine, I'm like, that is really a it's a lie. And I know people hate to say that. Oh, you're lying. People hate to say that because it hurts people's feelings. But I'm here to tell you, you're lying. Whoever made that lied. And whoever continues to post it and spread it is lying as well. And it's so easy to verify if the United States federal government has helped Jackson, Mississippi. All you have to do is put in, put, go to Google, put in the little search box, federal funds sent to Jackson, Mississippi. And a whole score, pages and pages and pages of different websites will come up and tell you. There's a, a page that'll come up and show you exactly how much money has been given to Jackson, Mississippi for its water issues. And these water, uh, water system issues have been ongoing for so many years. People I've read in comments have said that they've been under a boil advisory at least since 2017, which is freaking ridiculous. And so I finally get around to talking about this. I've wanted to talk about this since um, news of it broke back in September, is that one of the water treatment plants had a, had a little meltdown and the water w was undrinkable. You couldn't use it to flush the toilet, couldn't use it to shower. It was not clean. It was not being treated. And people had to, um, some people had to evacuate their homes. The National Guard was deployed to help distribute water. And um, basically the mayor was on TV. I don't know what to do. I don't know. It's not my fault. The governor is at his mansion and he's got a giant reservoir, a giant truck outside of his mansion. The governor's always going to be taken care of. Always. <laughs> That's one person who will not see a dry nothing, okay? <laughs> he, Jackson, Mississippi is one of the poorest cities in the United States. It is... Um, 5% of the population of Mississippi lives in Jackson. It used to be a bustling town. It used to be a place where lots of white people lived. White people fled, as they sometimes do from these cities. And that white flight leads to the loss of tax revenue. And what happens when there's a loss of tax revenue? Everything else starts to go to pot. The roads, the law enforcement, the city government, um, the, the housing, the, the, the yards, the, and, and now we see the water system. 
you need tax revenue, any kind of tax revenue to support the infrastructure of a city, town, state, whatever. And if you're not getting it, then what happens is you have to look to the state government for assistance and you have to look to the federal government for assistance. And that is what has happened in Jackson, Mississippi. And I tell you, boy, the only thing that travels faster than a lie is cocaine through your bloodstream. <laughs> Not that I would know. So um, I, I have to I have had to recently kind of pull back, pull back from correcting people online because people don't like to be corrected. They don't take that very well because people know what they know. And that's it. All I know is that the United States has sent billions of dollars to the Ukraine and I'm looking on TV and I'm seeing the people of Jackson saying that they can't drink their water. So the two must be related, right? <sighs> no, they are not related. <laughs> they are not related. Causation, correlation, apples, oranges, bananas, potatoes. The shit, it doesn't have anything to do with the other one. Number one. The water system of your particular city, say you live in, I live in Shaker Heights, Ohio. Our water system is controlled by the city of Cleveland, city of Cleveland Water Department. One of the, um, at least when I bought my house 14 years ago, it was one of the worst utility um, controllers. Just awful. Absolutely awful. I was being overcharged. I was being undercharged. I had three different meters put in my house. Um, they were overcharging me thousands and thousands of dollars and the billing was not correct. They're supposed to do actual reads. They were doing estimates every month, every month, every month and not correcting themselves until finally enough people complained. And this is usually what it takes. It takes enough people, not just one little old person like little me. It takes thousands of people to complain for them to finally do something. And so I would say maybe it was 2015 or so, may have been earlier than that, they decided to install these clear read meters that give actual reads of the water usage and you get billed based on that. And they were billing people every three months. Now they bill people every month because they think billing you every month is going to make it easier on your pockets. There are some people who can only pay month to month. I get that. Uh, people complained about that too. So, but I've had better service now that they've upgraded meters, but an issue that we have here in Northeast Ohio is that there are water main breaks. I mean, major water main breaks, I would say every month in Cuyahoga County. That's the county that I live in. Um, my city and surrounding cities water mains just bursting open. It's even worse in the wintertime. We have harsh winters here, obviously. And in the wintertime, when there's a water main break, oh God. And uh, I live next to Cleveland Heights. Cleveland Heights has, I don't even, their, their water system, <laughs> it's incredible that they have not had to replace the entire thing. They have water main breaks so often. I am very surprised that no one has said, okay, you know what? We're just going to scrap and replace the entire fucking thing. But you can't do it because it's expensive. And who would have to shoulder the cost of that? The people who pay for the water. That's going to come in your water bill. 
it's going to come in an increase in sales taxes, too, probably, that people will have to vote on. And if you don't want the water main breaks anymore, if you don't want the poor water service, what are you going to do? You're going to vote for it. You're going to vote for an increase in taxes. These things don't pay for themselves. And we know water, we think about water. I mean, water should be free, right? It comes from God. <laughs> it should be free. <laughs> yeah, you could go to, uh, we live on, we live, uh, Northeast Ohio is on Lake Erie. You can go to Lake Erie, get some water, bring it back to your house. I wouldn't drink it. I wouldn't um, use it in my toilet. I wouldn't use it to shower, wash my hair. I would not um, use it to wash my clothes. <laughs> I mean, that's so what you're paying for is the treatment of the water, cleaning it. All right. You're paying for the cleaning and then you're paying for the delivery. So when you turn on your shower in the morning, when you want to wash your clothes, as soon as you turn that on button on the appliance or the faucet, the water comes out. So you're paying for delivery of water to your house. You're paying for clean water, clean water. And in Jackson, Mississippi, the people have been living without clean water since before September 20, uh, 2022. When we look at the United States sending money abroad, we think, wow, they're just wasting money money that could go to U.S. citizens, trillions of dollars every year. But that is not true. And one thing I wanted to point out to people that you should know about, and I, I, I hope that in these midterm elections, the Democrats are really showing their, you know, their stuff on this, strutting their stuff on this, the, um, in, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the Build Back Better bill, the... Uh, American recovery, la 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 bill. It has about three, four different names. And it's it was passed in November 2021. And it's to bolster the infrastructure of America's cities and towns. And it is a $1.7 trillion spending bill. And of this new spending, nearly $300 billion will be for improving the surface transportation network. And another $226 billion will be for improving society's core infrastructure, such as water, broadband internet access, energy and power, and environmental resiliency, the coastal resiliency. From this bill, since people want to know if the federal government has sent money to Jackson, Mississippi, listen up, this is for you. First of all, before this bill was passed into law, Mississippi received $42 million from the American Rescue Plan Act, which was signed on March 11th, 2021. And the act guaranteed direct relief to cities, towns and villages in the U.S. impacted by um, the coronavirus pandemic. And after that, over the last, I would say, five to six years, Mississippi received a total of $209,285,278.78 in infrastructure relief funds. That's just a little over $200 million that Mississippi has received 
from the federal government over the last five to six years. Now, if you want to know where that money has gone, the people to ask are the people in state government in the state of Mississippi. The senators, the representatives, the governor, the mayors, the city council, those are the people you need to ask. The federal government gives money in competitive grants, in loans, and just here's a bucket full of cash (laughs) and relies on the state to manage the money properly, to not waste it. Even with all of the money we're sending to the Ukraine and all of the money we're pumping into the states like Mississippi, you can't spend your way out of problems. You can send money to get people bottled water to upgrade this and upgrade that. But if you don't fix the problem, the problem is the water treatment plant. If you don't fix that, that has to be replaced. If you don't take care of the water sources, the water reservoirs, the dams that are holding the water, the, um, the reservoirs that are holding the water, if you don't replace those, if you don't fix these problems, then it's just going to be another, something's going to melt down, something's going to crack and break, something's going to, uh, there's going to be flooding, there's going to be something that's going to happen again, and, and the, the water will be contaminated again. Because you haven't fixed the systems used to clean, hold, deliver the water so that they become impervious to whatever meltdown happens whatever environmental crisis happens. So please, I mean, you can't throw money at a problem. Please stop thinking that you can. You can't do it. You would never just give a poor person $100 million because they're not going to know what to do with it. They'll spend every penny. They won't invest. They'll give money to people who don't, uh, who want to take advantage of them. They'll buy a bunch of stuff. Have you ever seen that there's a show? um, I can't even think of the name of it. It's called The Lottery Killed Me or something like that. (laughs) And it's all about lottery winners who they struck it big. And then in a few years after they won, they were penniless or dead. And the money did not improve their outlook. For some people, they get smart. They go hire a lawyer, an accountant, and da, 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 and they figure out how to manage their money. But there are people who are just so happy to have money, like people who are just so happy to have their water back. Yay, we have water. Who cares uh, about the, the, the structural problems? Who cares that the infrastructure that delivers the water is crumbling? Who cares? As long as I have my water. Yay. So you can't just throw money at problems. But um, so back to the most of the money Mississippi received lately to fix its infrastructure came from federal and sales tax levies from the state to fix, among other things, the waterways of Mississippi. Mississippi is slated to receive $400 million over the next five years through the bipartisan infrastructure law which will be made available to them through competitive grants and loans. Jackson, Mississippi, specifically, is expected to receive 
$1.1 billion from the bipartisan infrastructure law, including $70 million for clean drinking water. Do you hear that? Jackson, Mississippi, just from the bipartisan infrastructure law that was passed into that was signed into law in November 2021 by President Biden. Jackson, Mississippi specifically is expected to receive one point one billion dollars from the law, including 70 million for clean drinking water. Jackson, Mississippi as I said before, is 5% of the state's population and currently is under a boil and filter advisory. Now, you hear a number like 1.1 billion and you think that is an enormous number. Yeah, something that large is needed to handle something as unparalleled in its awfulness as the waterway in Jackson, Mississippi. How bad is Jackson's water system? Well, the lack of clean water in the city is not new. What happened this past September was a catastrophic failure of its water treatment plant so that there was no clean water whatsoever. Not even, as I said before, water worth boiling. It was all dirty, disgusting, unsafe. But for months, its citizens have spent $200 or more per month on bottled water because for years, the city has been under a boil advisory. So this is what happened. In 2021, a harsh winter storm knocked the system out for a month. Even when water is flowing from the taps, residents struggled with intermittent boil water advisories and high bills for water that is not always safe to drink. In September, in part because of severe floods, the treatment plant failed completely, leaving the, seed, leaving the city's residents without water to drink, bathe, or even flush toilets. Governor Tate Reeves declared Jackson's ongoing water crisis an immediate health threat. Experts say this crisis was years in the making, a result of inadequate funding for essential infrastructure upgrades. For the past year, that is 2022, Leaders of this majority, black, Democratic-led city, have pushed for additional funding from the white Republicans who run the state, and little has come of those appeals. In fact, it was not until 2021 that Mississippi took seriously the conditions of the waterways in the state. If there's one thing Americans know how to do, however, it's to pull through in an, an emergency. You'll see social media appeals. You'll see people on TV crying about not having clean water. You'll see them showing pictures of people looking destitute in front of their homes with bottles of dirty water. You'll see pictures of the National Guard delivering water and everyone patting themselves on the back. Yay, we're heroes. We, we, we did the right thing. Look at what we did. But what you will not see, what we need to see, is people voting for the people who are going to pass the laws, who are going to fix the infrastructure of the state of Mississippi. That's what we need to see. We need to see people voting for the right people who are going to get in there and fix the infrastructure of the state so that these issues they're having with their waterways will be cleared 
done. You won't need to borrow any more money. You won't need to boil your water. You won't have to worry about if your child can drink this, if it's safe, if it's contaminated. That's what we need to see. We need to see people pushing for infrastructure changes and improvements. We need to see people pushing for legislation like the bipartisan infrastructure law that will bolster the U.S. cities, their streets, their bridges, especially. Bridges are crumbling. Dams are crumbling. The, ab, uh, the dams in the United States were, I read that they, they have a life expectancy of 50 years. The median age of a dam in the United States is 60 years. They have already outpaced their life expectancy. That's a problem. That is a big problem. They'll, they'll crumble. And what's going to happen? Flooding. There's going to be a loss of water reserves. These are the things that people should be caring about. These are the things that people should be caring about. Clean drinking water. We take it for granted. We turn on the faucet and it comes out. Or when we turn on the faucet, it doesn't come out because the rates are so high, we're not able to pay for to have water delivered to our home. These are the things that people should worry about. But instead, and I mean, I get it because I had them too. We're upset about student loan payments. We're mad because our loans aren't going to be forgiven. Uh, they're not going to wipe out our loans. We're, that's what we're mad about. That's going to be the thing that determines who we vote for. Not the fact that this administration, the Biden administration, and um, representatives and senators on both sides of the aisle have come together and said, okay, it's, this is really bad, and we want to do something about it, and this is what we're doing to fix it. We're worried about a lot of the wrong things. But a lot of things are being ameliorated. A lot of things are being fixed. What we needed to do was really push our representatives and push our president and push our governors and mayors and city councils to get to the heart of what is really ailing Americans. And part of that is these environmental disasters. Things caused by... Um, bad weather, climate change, et cetera, et cetera. Wildfires affect clean drinking water. Floods affect clean drinking water. Hurricanes affect clean drinking water. A water system goes offline. A treatment plant goes offline. There's no one to clean. There's nothing to clean the water. Don't have clean water. A switch from one water source to another, and the water hasn't been tested, and suddenly you have lead in the water. That is what happened in Flint, Michigan. So, yeah, be concerned about your student loans and your what was the other thing that people were hollering about? Oh, health care, health care. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are being fixed and addressed, fixed and addressed. Now let's let's think about something else. Let's compartmentalize. Let's not get hyper focused on one thing. Let's compartmentalize. We got all these pots on the stove, boiling, 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 boiling. But the, the climate change thing is so big because these wildfires, um, 
are causing sediment to build up. And when it rains, this happened in, um, I believe it was Las Vegas, New Mexico. Um, there were wildfires that spread apart, that spread across that part of the state. The sediment was there. It rained so much. They said it rained so much. It was like they had gotten all of their rainfall in within a few weeks. The sediment was washed into the water system and built up into the water system. And the water treatment plant is not equipped to clean out sediment. It's not equipped to clean out that kind of sediment at all. And so the water was contaminated and people couldn't use it. They're currently still dealing with it. This was the town that had only 30 days. No, it was 20 days of clean water left until the, 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 the state and the city came up with an emergency plan to help the, the water filtration system clean out the sediment. And every day they're adding one more day of clean water to the city's reserve. So they probably now have, I would say, 40 days or so of clean water. Imagine knowing exactly how much water you have to give to people, to deliver to people. Because your water system is so bad, because the water is so contaminated, you have to go day by day. And they're saying it's going to take four to five years at least to replace the water treatment system. And for the next four to five years, the water's going to have a different a different color, a different smell because their water treatment system is not equipped to filter out the, the sediment that came from the wildfires and the flooding. And this is what I'm talking about. That's infrastructure. Water systems are infrastructure and anything can affect the water that goes into that water treatment system that's cleaned and filtered out and that is delivered to your home. Anything can affect it. So yeah, focus on climate change. I know this last presidential election, people were all up in arms because Biden was not the climate change presidential candidate. It was Bernie Sanders. But Biden is the one who won. So what do we do? We get mad. <laughs> oh, people were mad. Instead of getting mad, what you need to do is press the person in power on these issues. Don't get mad and walk off and say, oh, forget it. I'm not voting anymore because my person didn't win. No, you make the person who won listen to you. And like I said at the beginning of this, if enough people make a stink about it, if enough people complain about it, then something will change. Something will happen. That is why this bipartisan infrastructure law was passed into law. Enough people said fucking bridges are crumbling, potholes in the streets. I mean, if you go to some some major cities like Cleveland, shit, it ain't nothing but potholes, honey. Your, your car is going to be tore up. I'm so glad <laughs> that I work from home. 
because driving through some parts of Northeast Ohio, it's nothing but holes in the roads. Where I, I grew up in East Cleveland, there are some areas that don't even have working traffic lights because the money, the money is just not there. And the infrastructure is so dilapidated that, I mean, if you go to the city hall, I don't know if they fixed it by now, but if you go to the city hall, part of it was sinking into the ground. I mean, I, and, and a lot of it, a lot of the roads were full of potholes. There was one street where um, Heron Road Hospital used to be, but it was just a gigantic, enormous fucking hole in the road. You couldn't go down that street. You couldn't even walk around it. It was a sinkhole. But there has to be money to fix this. They, they suffer in East Cleveland from a loss of tax revenue, obviously. And I say obviously because it's, it's obvious to me because there are fewer people living there now than there was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. There's a loss of sales tax revenue because there are few shops, few businesses in the city. So, yeah, we have to look to the state to help. We have to look to the federal government to help. And that's okay. And it's time for uh, the states and the Fed to focus on the infrastructure of the United States of America. We cannot go on the way we've been going on. I mean, bridges are fucking collapsing. If you've seen the the destruction from Hurricane Ian in Florida recently, on on that on that coast of the United States, I mean, a lot of houses, a lot of buildings held up, but so many did not, and a lot of the coastline was was uh, affected by this. But if we don't invest in climate change policy, if we don't invest in the infrastructure, we're not going to have the funds to rebuild better so that buildings and homes can withstand this, so that the roads can withstand it, so that we can deal with the flooding, so that, you know, when there's a hurricane, the water, just because the hurricane is over does not mean the water is safe to drink. You absolutely cannot drink it. No way. It's contaminated. How do we keep that from happening? Well, we can't really prevent hurricanes, but we can limit the damage that it does to our water systems. And flooding happens, I mean, all over the United States. We have flooding here in Northeast Ohio um, from various rivers and whatnot. If there's heavy snowfall, if there's heavy rainfall, the rivers overflow. The lake overflows. That gets into your, your uh, water system. And you're under a boil advisory. Water main break, can't even use the water. So yeah, we do need to focus on infrastructure. And this is just water. I mean, there are so many other things. There's so many layers to this. And there were programs in existence to help with water issues in the states. And the, the bipartisan infrastructure law reauthorized those programs, but it also added additional funding that states and cities can draw from in the form of competitive grants and loans. 
But again, you have to trust that the people in power are good at managing money and not wasting it. And they're going to take these opportunities given to them to fix, fix your water system. Don't put Band-Aids on this. You have, you know, $70 million now. There may not be $70 million in, you know, five years from now. You may not have the same opportunity five years from now. Fix it now. Do it right. So that people can have guaranteed clean water coming into their homes, because that is what we want. That is what we need. And, you know, while the water treatment plant in Jackson, Mississippi, is back online, the issues with the water are not over. They are far from solved. Far from solved. And of course, no one is taking responsibility. And it's not even about that anymore. We don't even care anymore who's who's at fault. We don't care. Just fix it. People want clean, clear, drinkable water, period. At the end of this, I'm going to list all of the, the sources of information. There are plenty this time. Um, but I, may, I want to make sure that I properly credit the people who wrote the various articles. I've read so many articles on... Uh, water systems and the water crisis in the United States and legislation and whoo goodness gracious yeah, that was a water crisis honey what happened in in Jackson is that water issues go unaddressed and like I said it's partly because of loss of a sizable tax base uh, what happened in Flint was kind of the same thing but not uh, the governor wanted to save money for the city of Flint. Poor city. Poor city in Michigan. I've been to Flint uh, a couple times. Um, and this is one of the worst water crises in the country occurred in Flint, Michigan. We all know about it. There was a documentary about it. There was so much press about it. And this is when... Um, President Obama was in office and it kind of bled into when Trump was in office. But people are still very just stupidly because they don't know they're ignorant because they don't have any other answer. Flint still doesn't have clean water whenever there's uh, something about the United States sending money. Again, the United States spending money somewhere that we don't think we, they should. That we don't think the government should. The United States is sending money to the Ukraine or the or Joe Biden is going to Queen Elizabeth's funeral or um, some anything, anything. Anytime we're we're dissatisfied with what we see, the government, the government. And can I just say that <laughs> the government is not a monolith. OK. There is your country's government. I feel like this is an after-school special. There's the federal government, and within the country of the United States, there are 50 different states, plus the territories of the United States, and they each are comprised of their own separate governments. And within those states, there are cities and towns and villages who also have their own separate governments. There are layers to this. And it doesn't even start at the Fed. It starts in your city. I'm not going to call the federal government about my water bill. 
don't give a fuck. I'm going to call the city of Cleveland Water Department. And I'm going to call probably my city and say, hey, why are the citizens of my city being charged this rate and the citizens over here are being charged different rate? That's who I'm going to call. But Flint, Michigan, the governor said, you know what? We need to save money here. This is costing us too much to have water because uh, Flint was in, an, an, in a fiscal crisis. And they were looking to save money all over the place. And the governor said, you know what? We can save money probably if we switched from using the um, switched from using Detroit water and sewage. Sourced by Lake Huron to the Flint River. We got this. We have a river here. We could do our own water system. Now, this is actually it was not. A bad idea wasn't a bad idea, except they did not test the water. They did everything but test the water. People see rivers and they think, oh, it's so clean and clear. It must be so delicious to drink. Don't do it. No, 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 no. Maybe there's a creek. Is there a creek by your house? A little creek and you go in the stream and you're bathing in the creek. Maybe there. I don't know. Not after if it's been flooding. No, uh, no. But they didn't test the water. They built these pipes and systems and they built this whole thing to deliver to 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 deliver water to the homes from the Flint River. They had this whole plan and nothing was going to stop them. Nothing at all. They didn't test the water. <laughs> It's like at the end of Poltergeist where where the dad goes, you moved the headstones, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You left the bodies. This is what they did. They moved the headstones and they left the bodies. They rechanneled the water, but they didn't test it. And almost immediately people started showing symptoms of Legionnaire's disease. Almost immediately, the number of Legionnaire's cases continued through November of 2015 and continued to rise. But in August 2015, the city announced a boiling advisory. Now, it's so strange because it was like, it was like almost immediately. (laughs) Once people started drinking the water, they got sick. Why? Because the fucking water was dirty. It was contaminated. Who didn't think to do studies? There are there are researchers at universities all over this country who study water, who study the effects of in of the water systems, who study the effects of climate change. There are people who do this for a living. The federal government has um, standards of acceptable standards for lead in water. There's so much of a contaminant that can be in water for it to be harmful to humans. There's an acceptable level. I mean, test a lot of your food. There's probably arsenic in your apple juice. I've seen that one. Um, You don't want whatever is in the bagged uh, lettuce, obviously, the E. coli and the listeria. (laughs) But there is an acceptable level of microbes and bacteria. You can't filter out everything, although I 
even though the water coming out of my faucet is clean, smells good, clear, whatever, Cleveland is a hard water town. I don't like the taste of tap water right out of the tap. I don't buy bottled water now because I'm not paying water. I'm not paying for water twice. I just put a, a, a pure filter on my faucet and the water has a delicious taste. Purified water. I love it. Now I will do that. But um, it's a, and, and the, the filters, you know, they, they on the little piece of paper that comes with the thing, it shows you how much of the contaminants it is supposed to reduce. And I'm like, OK, I'm satisfied with that. There are people who still do not trust tap water. <laughs> and even though they're paying for water, they will still buy bottled water. I don't understand that. Uh, we don't have the contamination issues that other places have. And if we did, they would tell you, they tell you to boil your water. If there's a boil advisory, they'll tell you. But we don't have those issues and the water is fine. But hey, it, it, it's a matter of trust. And this is another issue. Even when the water comes back online in these, in these places like Jackson and Flint, are people going to, do people trust the water? Do people trust the water that's coming out of the faucets? Do people trust that this water is safe for them? I think if my water had been contaminated with lead, that I would be very skeptical. I would I would have post-traumatic stress disorder. I would have been traumatized from kids get sick, you know, pregnant women getting sick, people getting Legionnaire's disease, children were dying, people were dying from lead poisoning and Legionnaire's disease. I would be traumatized. I wouldn't trust it. They've gone through and they've replaced nearly all of the pipes in the city of Flint. In every home and business, they've replaced nearly all of them. And returned water to <laughs> delivery from Lake Huron. But I, I, oof, I don't know if I would trust it. I mean, they test it and there's if you there's I can't even remember the place, but you go online and you can see there's a map of the city of Flint and you click on it and it shows you the areas where there's possible because they couldn't get into the home or because the home was abandoned. There's a possibility that the pipes are um, lead infested pipes. But those areas were few and far between. Most of the entire city is clear. The water's clear, good. The pipes have been replaced. People can return to drinking it, using it, whatever, whatever. But a lot of people are still traumatized by what happened. It's so scary to think that you would be giving this water to your kids and you didn't know. And the effects of lead poisoning on children, oh my gosh. Developmental delays, behavioral problems, intellectual disabilities, and the people received a settlement. There were two, there were two settlements that I saw. One was for, um, to repair the water system. The other one was for the, the, the people sued the city and they sued the state. And another thing that happened was that when uh, Whitmer became governor and the attorney general came into power, 
they issued a warrant or they issued indictments, sorry, indictments for all of the people who were involved in the Flint water uh, crisis scandal, including the former governor. And that was big news because we, we all saw this and we were like, oh, my God, somebody needs to take responsibility for this. This is criminal. Babies died. Who's going to take responsibility for this? And we all breathed a sigh of relief when we found out that it was be the governor and these officials and these officials. Ah, wonderful. And then came the announcement this year that the Michigan Supreme Court overturned those indictments. They said that the state attorney general cannot use a one man grand jury to issue indictments. So that was that. No more indictments. And no one will be held criminally liable for what happened, even though it was criminal. There will be civil penalties, obviously, millions and millions of dollars. But criminal? No. Nobody's going to be held criminally responsible for this. It was done on purpose. Uh, whether they knew that this was going to happen, they should have known. They should have known. What happened in Jackson and Flint is essentially fiscal mismanagement. Poverty-stricken areas were being treated as experiments. That is exactly what happened in Flint. It was an experiment to see if we could successfully have our own, to centralize our own water delivery system in Flint, they said. Not a bad idea. Not at all. But if the water isn't safe, if the water isn't contaminated, then it's a bad idea. You needed to do more studies instead of just being like, okay, we're in trouble, we're scrambling, let's do something right away. Uh, switch them pipes. Switch the hose from Lake Huron to, to Flint, to the Flint River. But Flint and Jackson are not unique in their water issues. In fact, there are many cities in the United States with clean water issues. That is, they lack clean drinking water or they're losing access to water or water is drying up, water is contaminated. The billions of dollars coming from the bipartisan infrastructure bill lifts some of the weight off of them. But we know that money alone is not enough to stave off larger structural problems. There are thousands of aging public and private water systems throughout this country. And water systems that do not deliver safe drinking water due to poor water quality. But we don't know this until something catastrophic happens. There are studies, so many studies, and, and journalists who have investigated this and talked to citizens and the stories are, are frightening. They're people who absolutely have no clean drinking water. And they're drinking bottled water and they're spending hundreds of dollars a month on bottled water. But people are willing to accept small hiccups like what happened in Jackson if that means that they can delay the inevitable. And by people, I mean government. 
the state government, the city government, they're willing to accept the small hiccups of a water treatment plant going uh, haywire or um, contamination from flooding. That can be uh, fixed in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. We can just have people boil water and we'll give them bottled water and everything will be fine and the waters will recede and we clean out the water and everything will be hunky-dory. We're willing to accept these small hiccups because the inevitable is that these water systems have to be replaced and that is trillions of dollars. It is very expensive and rates will have to be raised on people who probably already cannot afford it, like in Baltimore, Maryland. It will cost billions of dollars to fix the infrastructure used to deliver water and wastewater services in Baltimore. Major capital investments from the people are required to pay for these changes. And in a poor big city such as Baltimore, people cannot afford the increased rates. And Baltimore, like Jackson, has to borrow money to invest in water and wastewater infrastructure improvements. And not making changes is not an option. But, you know, not paying money back on these loans is also not an option. Jackson, Mississippi, as I said, will have some loans forgiven, but only some. The residents will have to pay increased taxes on sales of goods to cover the costs. Are residents willing to do that? Are residents willing, willing to shoulder the burden of increased sales tax and increased water rates to pay for infrastructure improvements? I mean, <laughs> I would. I would because I can afford to. Right. I can afford to shoulder a little bit more so that people have better health insurance. I can afford to shoulder a little bit more so that people have clean drinking water, including myself. But if you're poverty stricken, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if things are tight every month, if you're already squeezed. No, you can't afford an increase in anything. People are already dealing with increase in food bills. You're going to increase their water rates, too? Oh, God, please. We want some relief. But what we don't understand is that a little bit up front now will pay off later. You don't want to have to be dealing with water crisis after water crisis after water crisis. I mean, every year, every month, systems are going offline or the water can't be used because it's contaminated. We need to understand and just swallow this pill and be like, okay. We can have increased rates for five years and then guaranteed clean drinking water for the next 100 years. It takes a little bit of giving up front to get a larger payoff. And that's how we have to explain these things to people. That's how politicians need to explain these things. But when you go on TV and you see the political commercials right now, we're uh, about a month from the midterm elections. And what do we see people talking about? Not infrastructure, not water systems, not climate change, not, you know, destruction from this, from wildfires and hurricanes. It's, oh, we're going to bring jobs. We're going to bring America back from the brink. We're going to make America great again. How do you suppose we do that if the people don't have water to drink, water to bathe in? I don't give a fuck about a job if I smell like a rat's ass. 
You know what I'm saying? If I'm itching because I'm dirty because I haven't been able to bathe. If I can't go and 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 uh, wash my clothes in my own home, if my clothes are dirty because I can't wash them because there's no water coming into my home because the water is contaminated from flooding, from a hurricane. You want to talk to me about jobs? It's always, well, we're going to bring jobs to the United States and we're going to bring back coal jobs. And oh, by the way, Coal Mountain, West Virginia. It's one of the places in the United States that has significant water system issues. And also Honolulu, Hawaii, parts of California, Oklahoma, Texas is the worst. <laughs> don't put that on a bumper sticker think of cities smaller than flint and jackson that don't have eyes to look out for them that do not register on the big social media platforms dealing with aging water systems that are near or have run out of clean drinking water altogether there are environmental factors that affect drinking water such as sewage backup sediment buildup from flooding more than 25 million people drink from the worst water systems in the United States, with Latinos the most exposed. According to a study by The Guardian, water systems in counties that are 25% or more Latino are violating drinking water contamination rules at twice the rate of those in the rest of the country. Texas has the highest rate of violation-prone systems, with California and Oklahoma, West Virginia and New Mexico rounding out the top five. We know that access to clean drinking water depends on the wealth and race of a city in the U.S., and that is unfortunate, but that is a fact. If you live in a poor, rural, low-income or racial minority-majority city, you are more likely to have contaminated drinking water. Cities report hundreds of water system violations a year without any reprisals from the state or federal government. The water regulation system in the U.S. was top tier until about 1980 and has not returned to any level of greatness. And this is not an issue that we can spend our way out of. So while uh, the, G the GOP is moving to reduce oversight from the EPA, that will only result in less compliance with water standards, less than what there is now, and an increase in water system disaster that will cost billions of dollars to fix. You cannot incentivize providing clean drinking water to poor people and racial minorities in this country. That is clear, especially in Latino-heavy areas. It's easy just to turn to bottled water. And then people don't complain because they feel they don't have any agency, especially if they're immigrants. They're really not going to complain. They're just going to be happy to, to be here. And it's sad. It's very sad that people feel like they have no power. And so they're willing to, to accommodate the issues that they have no control over when it should be the issues that are fixed so that people don't have to keep living like this. Living day to day. Today we'll have clean drinking water. Tomorrow, will we have it? Maybe not. Currently, South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley, Honolulu, Hawaii, 
Las Vegas, New Mexico, as I mentioned before, Baltimore that I mentioned, Benton Harbor, Michigan, Nogales, Arizona, Coal Mountain, West Virginia that I mentioned, and East Oracy, California, are regions facing poor water access or contaminated water. In Honolulu, Hawaii, this story is just, it's insane. I'm going to summarize it very briefly, but the U.S. Navy contaminated the water of Honolulu, the drinking water. The Red Hill Underground Storage Facility in Oahu leaked nearly 20,000 gallons of jet fuel in November 2021. And the leak impacted over 90,000 residents drinking water and forced thousands of families to evacuate their homes for weeks during the holidays. The investigation found human error was initially responsible for the leaks and that there were officials at the top who just plain old dropped the ball. In May 2021, operators of the Red Hill operators of the Red Hill Underground Storage Facility in Oahu, operators of the Red Hill Storage Facility in Oahu improperly conducted a fuel transfer at the facility that leaked gallons of fuel and the fuel sat unaccounted for in a fire suppression line until an operator hit the line with a passenger train cart on November 20th, 2021, releasing the fuel into the water. Now, the Navy officials initially thought that the incident did not affect the drinking water, which is a crock of shit, because anything that happens in the water affects the drinking water. Flooding, too much rain, um, water main break, hurricane, tornado, anything that happens to the water affects the drinking water. So they claimed uh, they had no idea. But now heads are rolling. (laughs) Now heads are rolling. So after after the leak happened, people immediately began to complain of the fuel smell to the water and homes had to be evacuated. Um, this happened over the, the Christmas season last year. And I do believe that currently the, the Defense Department announced that it would permanently defuel and close the Red Hill fuel storage facility. And that's going to be completed by 2024. But all it took for them for was for them to contaminate the water. <laughs> I mean, it's so incredible how people just don't even fucking think about the water that we drink. Think about how their actions affect the water that we drink. Like government officials in Flint were in denial for so long. Um, they were, you know, officials were begging them to switch back to Lake Huron. And then the mayor went on TV and he drank a glass of water from the from a faucet in Flint, looking like a fucking idiot. So will the bipartisan infrastructure law ease the cost of of the water infrastructure overhaul? That remains to be seen. But I am hopeful. Many cities are receiving millions to billions of dollars for water infrastructure. The, the law represents the largest low-cost and no-cost funding opportunity for investing in water infrastructure. Like I said, other programs already exist. This just reauthorizes them and gives um, cities and states a different pool of money to shop from. 
So, but failures in water systems are impacted by changing environmental factors as well. Check out the work cited in this episode to learn more about the U.S. water crisis and what you can do to help this country get back on track to a stable water system. The bipartisan infrastructure law is a big step, a huge step. But environmental and economic policies need bolstering to help in recovery as well. Our current policy is piecemeal replacement, not prevention, not any new directions for oversight and violation prevention. We could localize treatment, water treatment, capture rainwater and treat it to our standards. I saw this the other day. I believe it was on the CBS morning show or the CBS Good Morning Show, that show that comes on on Sunday morning. Um, and it was scientists have found a way to use nets to capture water from fog. And this was in Nepal, uh, in the mountains and whatnot. And these huge nets were employed to capture just little droplets of water. And it would be gallons of water a day that the people could go to and get this water and bring it back to their homes. And there are places in the United States that they were trying that, like San Francisco, but they said that the fog, there's not enough fog to create the amount of water needed to replace what California is losing. We know that California has been under a water crisis for many years, and people there have switched from having green grassy lawns to planting trees, but there are wildfires destroying forests and whatnot. And so there's sediment from that. And they're trying to come up with different ways to increase the water in California. And I saw this a couple years ago and I thought it was odd, strange, (laughs) but it was cleaning waste water to make it into drinking water. And I mean completely cleaning poo-poo and pee-pee water. And I believe it was Leslie Stahl. This was probably on 60 Minutes. And the man that she spoke to, and it was in this big factory, the scientist she spoke to was like, yep, it's clean. It's 100% clean. We tested it. It's not contaminated. And he drank what used to be pee-pee water. And I said to myself, um, probably if there was no other source of water, if I was desperate, yes. But as a main source of water, I don't know if people are going to go for that. I don't I don't think people again, it comes down to trust. You have to trust the people who are delivering the water to you. And I don't know if people will trust that. But we continue to work on ways to to find other sources of water, like collecting rainwater in rain barrels. And this is an amazing idea. We do this here in Shaker Heights, but there are some cities where this is illegal. You're not allowed to collect the rain water because, as the cities say, the water belongs to them. The water that falls over their city belongs to them and they want to charge you for it. They want to tax you for it. They don't want you to be able to have it for free. Incredible, right? (laughs) <laughs> that is the most incredible thing. I, I That's unbelievable. I understand that people, that cities would be afraid that they're going to lose money from the sale of water to people if people are collecting it in rain barrels. But you're not going to be collecting enough water in rain barrels in most parts of the United States for it to make a difference. 
for you to be like, mm, no, I'm just going to turn off my water from the city and I'm just going to use what I collect from the air. It's not it's not going to be enough. Make sure you check out if your if your city has a, a rain barrel program. I know the city of Cleveland does. My city does. It's encouraged here. Um, check out if your city has the same thing. A lot of people don't have rain at all where they live. So this is not even an issue. But check out what other methods your city or state are using to bolster the water system, to collect water uh, from different environmental systems like the wind and the fog and, and, and whatever else. I'm not a scientist, but I found out a lot researching this topic and I'm very encouraged by what I see, but what matters is that the people keep pressing government officials to make climate change policy a priority, to make infrastructure changes and funding a priority. Otherwise, it will lapse, it will fall, it will it will be it'll collapse, and we'll be dealing with crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis, not just in our roads and our bridges, but in our water systems. And whatever we can do to head that off, we should do. Sometimes we have to shift our focus. Sometimes we have to compartmentalize. And I know that's hard for a lot of people, but we can do it. I believe in us. And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care. <laughs>